Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Today, I want to talk about the limit of loneliness. So if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, take note, the limit of loneliness. Limit of loneliness. Now, if we're not intentional as humans, this can be a space that's very comfortable for us. A lonely, and especially as culture and society is going, you'll look and see that we are the most connected we have ever been as a society, yet we are most disconnected relationally as we've ever been as a society. We're the most connected as the, you can follow my story and know what's going on. You can double click and like, you know, and you, we, I can be a part of what your journey is going just by looking at all your pictures and all that stuff. I know what you've had for lunch. I know what you had for dinner. I know how when your kid walked, I saw it, you know, weird, <laughs> but I did. Um, and we are so connected, but sometimes we can be so disconnected relationally, and it's actually a plague that's hitting our culture and helping us um, not attain what God has for us. And if you find yourself in this limit of loneliness, and this is today what we're going to ask ourselves is just, uh, being intentional about looking around and seeing where are we. And that's one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself. And we're going to look at the story of Elijah. And uh, there's this point in the story where, where Elijah's asked by God, where, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And so it's, it's a great question to ask. But I want to look at, it, at the story of Elijah. And it's in 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to read this. But we have to go back to this victory that's happened in his life. So he's this prophet. And he's seen miracles, and he's cast down fire and all this stuff. And it, it's come to this, uh, this time of drought because he's called a drought. You know, Elijah was this prophet that, like, what he prayed, it happened. He was an ordinary man. The Bible says he's an ordinary man just like us, but he prayed and the rain stopped, which is pretty dope. I wish I had, you know. In this season of Limitless, I'd like to see that. And in fact, I pray that a lot of times when it's raining. We've seen that, actually. I'm going to clarify here. So on our way to Punchline, sometimes we'll be here in the morning, and, and it'll be pouring down rain. I'm like, oh, my word. I'm like, Lord, I need a window, 7 to 7.30. Let us carry everything in, in dry ground. And let me tell you, eight times out of ten, it's been dry. So all right, Elijah, I feel you. Same name. We rocking it. Can't wait to give you a high five when we get up and pound it. It's going to be awesome. But so basically, Elijah gets to this point where he's testing the prophets of Baal. They're on the mountain. They're like, all right, you pray to your God, I'll pray to my God, and we'll see who can light their altars on fire without matches, no lighters. You know, don't bring a knife to the, or don't bring a gun to the knife game, right? And so, so they're up there on the mountains. They pray for fire. Of course, the Baal prophets can't get fire to come down. And so Elijah comes to his time, and he's like, all right, let's increase the stakes. Why don't you go grab 12 jars of water and pour it on my altar? Just to be smart, Elijah. you know, he was just... He's just one of those that wanted to prove himself. I don't know if you ever get that way where you just know you're right. So it's like, all right, let's just dig this in just a little bit more. And so he's like, get some water, pour it on my altar. So he prays, fire comes down. It's a huge miracle. The prophets of Baal are slaughtered there, and it's just this mess of a, a time. But there's victory in what God did in that time. Um, so many were added to the number of Christians in that moment. And so you find this greatest victory in Elijah's life. And he's, he's uh, at this point of just 
really, I don't know if you've ever had a victory in your life where you just feel good. Just feels good. And so we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. It says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever be so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Basically, I'm going to kill you, fool, like you better run. Verse 3 says, Elijah was afraid. How many know that sometimes after the greatest victories in our life, the enemy can come in and start to give you lies and start to discourage you? And he'll remind you of who's chasing you. He'll remind you what threats are on your life. And you might have had the greatest victory on the mountaintop. And all of a sudden, that little whisper will come in. But don't you remember what you're not good at? Don't you remember how you failed? Don't you remember how many relationships you've messed up? You're a failure. And he'll start to, to speak those things. And so Elijah... He was afraid and ran for his life. He came to Beersheba and Judah. He left his servant there. And I think that's very interesting because he always traveled with his boy. And here we find him leaving his servant behind and going alone. Finds himself under a tree, prays that he would die. So from Mount Victory to Valley of Death, here's this journey that Elijah's on. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that spot. Where you're like loving things one day, and the next day you're like, God, if I could just die, it would be amazing. Like that would just be my answer to prayer right now. So we find him there. The angel wakes him up and says, eat. You're going to need this. You're going to need food for where you're going. So he eats. He falls back to sleep. Long story short, we find him walking to the mountain of, uh, of God, mountain of Horeb. And so he finds a cave and crawls in. I think it's very interesting that Whenever we have those things come against us, if you've had, like, words come at you or the enemy speaks those lies or your past starts to creep into your present, all of a sudden you can start to look for the cave of isolation. Well, where can I go to get the eyes off me? And where can I go to get the light off of me? Because if the light's not on me, nobody can see what's going on for real. And so we look for the cave of isolation. So this is where Elijah finds himself, in the cave, the dark spooky cave and God calls to him and this is what I want to pick up on in verse verse number nine the word of the Lord came to him what are you doing here Elijah what are you doing here I wonder if you want to write that down in your notes, in your phone. Write that question down. I believe a lot of you, and, and me included, God today is reminding us to look around and say, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? Where have I found myself in this season? And maybe you've been through some things, and maybe you've had some things go on where you found yourself in the cave of isolation. You're looking around, and it's dark, and it's dingy, and you feel okay because you're in this space where you feel comfortable. It's, it's comfortable to be lonely. You know, it's depressing as anything, but it's comfortable. We like it. And yet God speaks into that moment and says, Elijah, 
what are you doing here? Because God knew something that that wasn't a space that he designed him for. God created us for relationship. Did you know that? God created you to be in relationship. Look at your neighbors. Say, you were made for relationship. Remind them. You were made for it. And sometimes we can find ourselves in the cave of isolation, in the place of, you know, where there's no one around us. And, and God reminded him, and, he's, and he, he, Elijah replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And check this out. This was a lie because there was actually, uh, I want to look at this lie because sometimes we believe the lie over the truth. When you're in isolation, it's a lot easier to believe the lie because you're the only one talking to yourself. If you've ever found your place, you know, if you've ever found yourself in a place where, where you're, you're believing a lie that you're not good enough or it goes against the word of God, what God speaks over you, there's, there's a big chance you might be in the cave of isolation talking to yourself. You might be in a place where God doesn't, hasn't designed for you to be. But you might have crawled into this cave, and if you, if you find yourself believing the lie that, man, I'm a failure, and, man, I'm not going to do anything, and, man, they're going to kill me, and it's not going to be good, and I can't do that. There's not enough. There's not enough. I can't give enough. I can't give money. I can't give time. I can't give talent. I can't. There's not enough. If you find yourself there, there's a big chance you're in the cave of isolation because you're the biggest voice you're hearing. And so he's telling them all this stuff. And this lie he says, he's like, I'm the only one left. God, I'm the only one in my school. No one else loves you. They're all jerk faces. My work, have you been to my work yet, God? Oh, my word, my boss. Lord, I'm the only one. My relationship with my wife, it would work. But her! I'm the only one, God. I can't do this. And if you're believing that lie, you're the only one left. Because Elijah just left the mountain. Just left the victory. Where all of these people came to know Jesus and joined his army. He believed the lie of isolation. Where he looked around and said, God, I'm the only one left. And the Lord said, verse 11. Go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And I love the drawing of God because he always draws us to his presence because that is where it starts that we can have relationship with others. If you think you're going to have a great marriage and it's not based on a relationship with Jesus, let me tell you, you are going to struggle a long time. And not that the struggles end when you have Jesus, but Jesus is the only foundation you can build upon. And the only foundation that you can build your relationship with your kids, relationship with your fellow students, relationship with those at your, at your work. It's the only relationship that is based on. So Jesus had to draw him out of the cave of isolation into an intimate relationship with him where he saw him, felt him, and was surrounded by him. Not just knowing of him, not just coming to a church, not just attending change, not just, oh, I go to a small group. No, it's not good enough. It's an intimate relationship with Jesus. Intimate. So he said, go to the mouth of the cave. Number one, come out of isolation. That's number one. Come out of isolation. Even if it's just to the mouth of the cave. Even if it's just a little bit closer. Come to the mouth. Come to the mouth. And I don't know what step that is for you. 
If you find yourself in a season of loneliness and you're, you're looking around saying, wow, I have isolated myself. And maybe it's not even that you're alone, home, watching soap operas all day long. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not that deep. But maybe it's even in the way that you relate with people. Maybe you don't even know, but you need to look around and say, who am I truly connecting to? Who am I truly having a relationship with? I might be in a marriage, but I might not be connected. I might have children, but I might not be really connected. I might be in a small group, but I might not be really. Do I have somebody I can call and be like, yo, bro, I'm struggling right now. Hey, girl, we need to go out. I need to talk. Things are hard. And sometimes we can think, oh, I'm good. I've, I got like a 1,000 followers on Instagram. I'm good. You know, I be tweeting on Instagram. It's good. <laughs> the other day, we were going through like, what is it, what is it per thing, right? And like, do you have friends on Instagram or is it followers? I don't understand. Is it friends on Facebook, followers on Instagram? And then who are tweeters? Like when you're on Twitter, like who are they? I don't know. I'm confused. But anyways. But sometimes we can feel like we're so connected, but God wants to draw us into his presence. So when we, when we have relationship with him that's so intimate, then we can finally have relationship with others that's on that intimate level. But you'll never have that if you don't have that first relationship with God. So you have to look around. God's first question to you, what are you doing here? So you have to look around. All right, where am I? Where am I? Who am I connected with? Who's my circle? We always say that circles, not rows. And that's huge for us because we believe that in a circle is where you grow. It's where you learn. It's where you gain insight. It's where you learn from people's successes. And praise the Lord, you'll learn from their failures. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to make your own mistakes. You can look at Joe Schmo and say, wow, I don't want to do that. Praise the Lord, he did it first so I can learn. Don't do that. Don't treat your wife like that. Don't treat your kids like that, right? Don't go to your work like that. Like you need to... Put your life in order like this. That's why we gain, we gain clarity through community. We gain, gain clarity through community because it's in the conversating that we gain clarity. We conversate, we gain clarity. We, we communicate, we gain clarity. We have community around us, we gain clarity. It's what God does. And so God drew him out to the mouth of the cave. He came with fire, earthquakes. You read the story. You got to read it all the way through. Fire, earthquake, all this stuff. And, and the Bible says that the Lord was not in those things. I don't know how many times I think this. Okay, God, you're just going to come by revival breaking out. Like you're just going to flow. You're going to do this big earthquake, lightning moment in my life. Something's going to happen. I'm just praying for that thing to happen. And the Bible says that actually God was in the whisper. He was in the whisper. He was in the whisper. And Elijah had to, to draw in close to him. He had to be intentional about getting in the presence of God to feel the true intimacy of a relationship with Jesus. I don't know where you are on your, your spectrum of relationship with Jesus, but can I, can I encourage you in the season of Limitless to be intentional about coming to the mouth of the cave and pressing into the whisper, to, to wake up in those morning hours and get alone with him and say, all right, God, I'm here to hear the whisper. I want to hear what you have to say about me. I want to hear what you have to do. Because when God starts to heal you, then you can plug into a circle, and we start to heal together. Now, here's the lie, because a lot I hear this a lot, and I probably even said it myself sometimes, but I hear a lot of people say, all right, I just need to take some time to heal. I'll get involved in a group. I'll get involved in a team. When I have time, I need some time. 
I just need some time to get filled, all that stuff. And let me tell you, that is such a lie. I can't even tell you. We've believed it as a culture. In fact, I think we've even believed it in our Christian talk. Is that, oh, yes, you need some time. You really, you just need to take some time to heal. And really, actually, like the way God set it up is that relationships create the healing process. And we communicate and we draw in. In fact, scientists have proved it that when we communicate and we, we um, connect on an emotional level, we actually heal ourselves. God created us like that. And so we're made for community. So when you say, hey, I need some time to heal, hey, go ahead, but it's not going to be a lot of healing. Wait till you come back to this community and you just wait. See what happens when, when you start to get around people and they start to encourage you. Because a lot of times we believe the lie, but when we get in a circle of truth and people start speaking truth, we're like, wow, I am good. I am made for a purpose. I have a calling on my life. Yes, I failed, but God is my ultimate victory. And now I see through the haze. Dead and now been raised in the life of spring. Like God does that in community. He starts to speak truth into our lives so we can see clearly. We can see clearly what he has for us. He draws you in to his presence. In fact, in Psalms, real quick, in Psalms chapter 68, verse 4, it says, Sing to God, sing praise to his name, extol him who rides on the clouds. I love that mental picture, by the way. He rides on the clouds. He's above all. He's the great God. Rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, the Father to the fatherless, the defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. Verse 6, check this out. This is so good. God sets the lonely in families. God takes those that are in the cave and brings them to the moment of family because he knows families where healing takes place, families where hope's restored, families where peace resides, families where joy's restored, families where you see clearly, families where you know your identity more. It's when you start to get involved in family. Now, I know, you're like, this was kind of planned out because it's group showcase, talking about family, plugging into a group. Absolutely, Oprah. Totally. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it because that's the next step. It's like, hey, this is an easy outlet. Plug in to a circle. I don't care how you do it, but I'm just telling you to do it. Step to the mouth of the cave. Let God speak into your life and get plugged in with a great community, a circle who can pour life into you. And this is such an easy way. You don't even have to plan it out. Someone else will plan it. Someone else will bring the food. All you got to do is show up. So I'm encouraging you, take the next step. Plug into a circle. Plug into a place where God can pour out his spirit on you so that you can live out your purpose and really come alive to who he is. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.